When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. in the world Mackenzie Goodwin Rachel Scanlon Worldwide Dykes for Life Hey! Two Dykes, two Dykes, two Dykes One mic, one mic, one mic, one mic Yeah! Two Dykes, two Dykes Who Dykes, who Dykes We Dykes, we Dykes, we Dykes Yeah! Um, we were just discussing the possibility of you launching a singing career <laughs> Which I think I obviously busted a gut laughing thinking about it (laughs) because you out of almost anyone that I know, Mm. and it's not the, it's not the singing ability that I'm talking about. It's the audacity (laughs) to pursue the Uh, art of singing. It's because I have so much shame. Yes. You have to have none. Yes. To be able to sing in front of people. It's very vulnerable. It's vulnerable. And then but to think, wow, I like that so much. I need to make money off of this. Is is this a particular person? It's very similar to a comedian. That's the why audacity to be like, I'm funny wow. enough. People should hear me. Pay me. Exactly. It's crazy. It's the audacity. Yeah. But it feels a lot different than singing because singing is so shockingly earnest. Singing is, is typically about, unless we're talking about LMFAO or, you know, Lonely Island. Yeah. It's typically like, hey, I went through a breakup and here's some shit. True. Or whatever. I mean, there's a lot it of genres of music. Earnest. But it's, it's emotion. It's yeah. usually like very much based in true emotion. Yeah. And so is comedy. All good comedy is also emotion. However, your style of comedy mm-hmm. is very smart and it's well written. Thank and it's you. also like your comedy is a persona of you being like still vulnerable in the sense that you're talking about things that have happened to you. Mm-hmm. But it is there is like a facade that is like a character you're playing. Yeah. And when you're a singer, it's all just you like, hey, here's actually and then he said no to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. for real? That is insane to me because you're saying, like, listen to me try as hard as I possibly can and doing something super vulnerable. Yeah. Fucking It's bold. hard. It's hard. I think it's very, like, that's what makes Jenna Maroney's character in 30 Rock so funny. So unbelievably funny. Because it is so cringeworthy when someone so badly wants to be a singer. Yeah. There's nothing more embarrassing. in my book. Well, I do think acting is more embarrassing. Oh, God. Because... But all of them are so humiliating. Any artist is embarrassing, unless you're throwing pottery. Yeah. Or if you're or throwing a, clay, baby. Even a painter. A painter. Not embarrassing. But doing And you can acting, hide behind the the, like highbrow of it you can hide behind the you know what you actually just don't get it right singing it's either good or it's not yeah you can't be like actually i was out of tune by choice yeah yeah Um, exactly me being tone deaf is actually kind of a statement on like what is music like you can't hide behind it at all it's embarrassing it is okay if you had to rank them and i'm throwing dancers into the mix just to round it out honestly dancers are the least embarrassing so what's the most embarrassing actors i think so i was i was really leaning towards singer but there is actually a little bit of Mm -hmm. respect to it yeah 
or acting. It's humiliating. And then two would be? Comedians. Oh, I put singer as two. Can I tell you something? Yeah. By the time this episode airs. I'll be dead. It's going to be the last episode ever that we are in our 20s. Holy shit. Yeah. We've grown. Yeah. That means this podcast has taken us from our 20s to our 30s. Yes. When did did we do so? When did we start? How old were we? 27. This will be the last episode in our 20s. That's fucking crazy. Isn't that crazy? And I'll be in Hawaii when this comes out. Oh, my God. Mahalo. Oh, I've never been to Hawaii. I haven't either. And that's because they keep saying you're not allowed. You can't come here. They say you're too fat. You're going to sink the island. (laughs) That's not. People say that to me. Can you believe that? They do not say that. They say that. Nobody has ever said to your face that you're too fat to go to Hawaii because you'll sink the island. That's where you're wrong. Nobody has said that to you. People from customs (laughs) and the airport have said to me. So multiple people, not just one. So many people. I feel like every time I turn around, somebody's saying that to me. Oh, you're going to sing Hawaii. (laughs) Or, you know, or what's the other island's names? Oh, you got Kauai. Kauai. Maui. Maui. Oh, you're going to sink Maui. Don't go to Maui. They say that shit all the time. (gasps) They spelled our name right. I love when they do that. Hi, Rachel and Mackenzie. Hello from an Irish girl in London. Hot. Dun, 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 dun. You're hot. Pretty good. <laughs> My girlfriend Sarah is super a super cool choreographer who's literally obsessed with you both. On a 1,000-mile road trip off the English coast last summer, she indoctrinated me to two dykes and a mic. Hot. I wasn't allowed to listen to anything other than that podcast for four full days, mm-hmm. and it worked. I denounced my Catholic upbringing and became a believer. It's her 30th birthday on Valentine's Day. And I want to say that this was... Lost in the fire. Lost. That we we just found this one. So her birthday has very much passed. But how funny is it that we're doing it on our 30th birthday oh, happy episode? happy birthday to all of us. Yeah. And, and that's fine. <laughs> and that's fine. And I had to promise her last year that I would fly her out to see you both perform stand-up wherever you were in the world. Wow. Sadly, currently, that's illegal because of the pandemic. But when you guys will, I will fly her out. Until then, please, could you give her a massive shout-out for her birthday? It would make her day. She loves you guys so much. Thanks for giving us life and helping us through these strange times. XO. Also, here's pictures. This is us. This is her, and I'm very lucky. They're so adorable, first off. Fucking give me this mesh top with pearls. Yeah. No, they're very, very hot. Yeah, this is a hot fucking couple. Happy. Now you're probably 30 and a half. Yeah. Thanks for sticking with us. Sarah, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Also, so I I hit them up and I said, obviously, we lost your queer of the week. I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. Uh, They said, no sweat. They were busy opening the first show in the West End since lockdown. Whoa. It's called Cruise. Can't freaking believe it. We both made our West End debuts last week as director and choreographer. Oh, my God. Congratulations. So big, big. I mean, that's amazing. Happy Queer of the Week to you and to both of you, honestly. Yeah. That was a really cute one. This is so cool. Okay. I've got an Ask a Dyke for you. You ready? Mm-hmm. Hi, Rachel and Mackenzie. Love your podcasts and episodes of After Dark. I need help, though. A very, very good straight friend has been engaged since 2019. Her plan was to graduate in June of 2020 and get married in July. When she got engaged and started planning her extravagant Catholic wedding and reception in 2019, she asked me to be a bridesmaid. She was a bridesmaid in my wedding in 2016. Aesthetically, before the pandemic, I presented pretty femme, wearing pixie slacks, uh, button-downs, or blouses to my job, full makeup, and had long, blonde hair. 
In the pandemic, my wife gave birth to our daughter, and through all this, I've started to take a more mask-presenting identity. More men's shirts, shoes, and to top it off, in February, I cut off my long hair and went super short, and I love it. See the pic below with my goofy wife photobombing. Now, the wedding is uh, in the summer in Philly. I ordered the original gown in February of last year, but it's still in the box in my closet. I talked to my wife and decided I should ask the bride-to-be if it would be okay to ditch the gown and coordinate between the steel blue gowns and whatever the guys were wearing. I'm dying to get my hands on the perfect suit and own it. A few queer friends also hyped it up and gave me confidence that my friend would be cool with changing it up, so I sent her an email instead of texting or calling because straights scare me. Fair. Oh, excuse me. Because straights scare easy. (laughs) Also fair. Also fair. Well, she's not exactly on board. Her response was that while it's important that I feel comfortable, it's important to the, for them that all the bridesmaids match. Essentially putting it that whatever I do, I need to be head to toe steel blue, which, okay, would not be a bad Elvis situation. I cried when I got the reply because honestly, the thought of a gown and heels makes me feel like a clown. Also, her suggestions almost offensively miss my point in my email that my gender representation has changed. It's not that I can't physically handle wearing a dress and heels. Geographically, we're on different coasts, so our relationship is mostly virtual. So now what? Bowing out of the bridal party is a no-go. This friend is our daughter's godparent. But I hate the idea of feeling like a doll that my friend dresses up. What happens if I put my foot down? Your first reaction might be anger at a friend, but I'm trying to see it from her side. Would it be the worst to wear the dress to the hour-long afternoon Catholic ceremony get the classic photos, and then get a suit for the evening reception. Side note, what does a dyke wear to a black tie optional affair? I'm going solo because traveling cross-country with a one-year-old would be too much. How do I balance how I want to present myself and how she wants me to present at the wedding? Thanks for making me laugh every week. Megan in California. Can I see the pictures? Yeah, of course. This is There's just one photo. Cute. God, I love you guys. Um, so, I do feel like I know this game very yeah. well. Yeah. I've been in a few weddings. How many? Every single wedding that I've been in, I get a, I'm the only girl on or person on the bride side that's in a suit. Mm-hmm. And I always am. But I also. How have you asked? And like, how has their response been? So I, most of the people have assumed, like it goes in where, they know I am not going to wear a dress. Yeah. I haven't worn a dress in a very long time. And I just like, no one's ever seen me in a dress in my adult life mm-hmm. and no one will. So, uh, I have though, there was one where I was like, I'm going to give them the option out of like me trying to be like respectful, trying to not scare straight brides are scary. Yeah. And like, it brings out the worst in like straight women. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I've seen it happen. And it's just like, sorry that that's the truth. It's a cliche, but I've seen it happen. So, um, every time I bring it up though, I'll say like, Hey, is there any way that I can match the color of the suits or the vest that the grooms are wearing? And I, or if the women are all doing the same color of dress, let me know. And is it okay if I just wear that color, but in a suit? Yeah. Which is, I think, the best way to present it. Yeah. Am I shocked that your friend gave you pushback at all? Yes. Do I think that, like, it? I'm really proud of you for having pa- compassion and trying to see it through your friend's point of view. But also, it's like, 
your friend is basically saying they'd rather have a picture of you miserable than let you be comfortable at her wedding. And yeah. that's just very selfish. I'm, and I don't think that this is, I don't think your friend understands what you're saying because like you were saying, when she responded, she was not addressing the points that you made. Right. And that leads me to think, obviously your friend's a good person. I don't think you'd be friends with an asshole, but they're not getting what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And I think what I would do is I would give this a second conversation and I would say, Hey, can we talk about this on the phone Yeah, and get them on the, on the horn. And instead of the email, because the email didn't work. And I'm sure that this person is just trying to like get their shit together, plan a wedding and hasn't really thought about why this matters to you. Because I think if they understood why it matters to you and if this was a friend of yours, they would be saying something much different than just wear the dress. Can you just wear the dress? Because it's like, no, I can't. You know, I yeah, physically, of course, I can wear a dress. Any person could physically wear a dress. Yeah. But you would not tell the masculine presenting people on the groom's side that they have to wear a dress. If they were your, if you had a male friend on the like bride side, you would not make them wear a dress. Exactly, these things have happened before. Yeah, it's not like you're the first person ever to wear a, a suit. Well, I was on one of my male friends got married, and I was his best woman. Yeah, and I was not asked to wear a suit. Right, I was. Uh, I got to wear a dress. Right, you know, like it. It doesn't matter for photos, and I obviously this bride is. She's not hearing. You. She's not. And she's being, it is a very selfish thing to be like, well, our photos need to look good. She's being a brat. And also what, what touches a nerve yeah. is that she, because we've just described how like, no, it's not about, it's not about the suit because yeah. what she's doubling down on is just like gender roles and well, the patriarchy. Also your comfortability. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's oh, you very, don't want to wear a dress? Well, do well, it for me. One. Yeah. No, it's that's like, not no. okay. I definitely, unfortunately, and I don't know if this is like, do whatever you think is right, of course. And if you're like, you know what, path, path of least resistance, I just wear it for the ceremony and then take it off for the reception. Fine. Do what you, do whatever you choose. Yeah. I would 100% bring it to a phone call and be like, I don't really feel like you heard me and I, I don't want to be a squeaky wheel at your wedding because I know it's your day. However, I don't think that you're kind of hearing how, uncomfortable that would make me yeah i would do anything to make you happy on your day i'll hold your veil i'll make sure your tears don't fuck up your makeup but me doing that in a suit is gonna make me a lot happier on your day and i think you would be happier if i was happier yeah because i think she said like it makes her feel like a clown yeah like you don't want to feel humiliated up there in front of people it's it doesn't it, make you feel like yourself no and then to have those pictures be hung up all, all over her house forever yeah it sucks it sucks and when you're in a wedding you're being presented you're on a pedestal you're in front of everyone exactly. being looked at and you have to walk down the aisle like it no it, you already have to every time i'm a fucking bridesmaid mm -hmm. and I'm always wearing a suit every time I've been a bridesmaid by the way the pictures always look phenomenal yeah I've never no seen one... them where they're not they look amazing even when there's a mixed like where it's not just all women in dresses on the left all yeah. men in t t tuxedos on the right whatever no. it looks so good when it's mixed actually you coordinate a theme and a yeah, color it exactly. looks beautiful a color yes you don't and it's the pictures come out better than instead of seeing your friend look fucking like really uncomfortable yeah. and sad so like i would recommend you pushing back because i agree you'll ruin those pictures yeah <laughs> and you'll look and you'll resent her quite frankly exactly you're you will take that day and you'll take it like a champ because we all do mm -hmm. but you will look back and be like i'm gonna remember when you chose 
your the, one day of happiness over my comfortability with my gender expression. It's fucking, it's so crazy to me. And like, oh God. Yeah, it is like, that's, I don't think that your friend is hearing you. Yeah. So you need to t- have a conversation where you can be heard. I mean, because I don't think she would, I think she would give you a different answer. Would you ever give an ultimatum? Would you ever be like, hey, I'm either going to be in a suit in your party or I'm going to be sitting down in a suit? I definitely would. But I also like for me being in a dress, it's I have it's been so long since I've had to do that, Mm -hmm. that it would feel and it's not about the dress. Yeah. Somebody was if the bride was actually saying to me, Rachel, you need to wear a dress. I would pop off so much more about like the what authority that, that they think that they have over trying to make me conform to what they think a bride bridesmaid needs to look like. Yeah. I would be like, I'm not a monkey for you to dress up. Totally. And I so think that's why she's so mad. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because it is not a dress up. Yeah, you can't treat your friends like that. No, and yeah, it's already sucks being the only queer person in a straight wedding. And this is like, it's not straight people's fault. No. But the whole experience of it, which we've talked about before, everything from the engagement party to the bachelorette party to being the only one, even when you are in a suit, it's like, well, I hope your grandma's okay with the existence of gay people. Like, I'm already going to be the only gay person here. I'm going to have the only girlfriend here of color. I'm going to be the only like... it's not that it's like yeah part of me wishes I could just throw on a dress and feel comfortable and fit in in your wedding but unfortunately that's worse than being myself exactly who's already gonna stand out and then when you walk down the aisle and you're being paired with a guy and it feels like for me being in the closet in high school and pretending that you're into a guy at prom and it's like yeah we grew up past that so now that we're doing it again for you because we love you and we love straight people one thing you could do is be really chill about us wearing something that doesn't make us feel like a fucking idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely push back. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Also, you'll look good. Everyone looks good in a suit. This week we reviewed the movie. Uh, well, it's actually a series on Hulu called Pride, um, which came out on FX originally. A six part documentary series chronicling the fights for LGBTQ civil rights in America. Now, it is a little hard to review a documentary. However, yes, the, this documentary had something in it that I didn't think they would do, uh, yeah. which was the reenactments with gay pretty, actors. Yeah, pretty big people. Which was very fun. It was. Um, I, I definitely thought it was like very theatrical. And to me, this seemed like something you'd watch in like an LGBTQ studies class. A hundred percent. I do think that like trigger warning, It they reenact a suicide in episode one, which Did I, they? yes. Yeah, I hated it. The guy, the senator. Oh, they did. Yeah. Why did they do that? I don't know. I thought that was a really... That was out of place for me because it didn't add to the story of what was happening. No, and that was also uh, a straight man. Yeah, that made no sense to me. I actually blocked that part out. I watched the first three, I think. Yeah, I thought... um, That was unnecessary. It was unnecessary. And like, they, so they chose to like focus, especially in the pilot episode, on three big characters and kind of go through their stories and reenact some of their like scenes in their life. And to me, I I like the series, but they chose scenes that I didn't think were necessary. Yeah. I thought that like it was because I did take LGBT study classes in college where we did like queer history and, and such. Mm hmm. I think that it was a much more well-rounded point of view of what 
like actually went on and that I really appreciated that. Yeah. But it did still feel like school. It did. It didn't feel like as much like we're watching this for us. But it did but it did feel really queer, which it, I'll give them that. Yeah. I really like learning and it made me proud in a way that like it is I think we're like really I really enjoy holding on to older queer people's like oral history yeah. of them telling through their experiences what it was like, what happened, like what they heard, like the, all the folklore that feels like folklore to me because I am so young and white and live in the Midwest. Yeah. That like to hear about like the drag balls and what it was like in New York and how these people just like. Or the FBI tailing them, totally. talking to their neighbors, asking, you know. Uh, where were you at this time? Do you go to this bar to pick up women? Or just you also know? the entrapment that yeah. like cops did to like, ab- and did you learn, did you hear the phrase lavender menace that yeah. was brought up? That yeah. type of shit. All of that is like. Or lavender scare. The lavender scare. Lavender menace is your dildo. That's my dildo. Yeah. Slash me. <laughs> what up? Um, all that stuff is like, obviously very interesting. And like, I feel like we've learned it already like our, I did in those classes that I was taking but it's also it was really nice to see it through the lens that it felt much more like gender non-conforming where we're learning about like different expressions through like people who were at the time like cross-dressing gender yeah. bending the trans people and like also that it was intertwined with like the civil rights movement like yeah. for like black movements mm-hmm. and how those like mirrored each other and sometimes like would overlap and how they like the gay liberation movement mm-hmm. took a lot of the playbooks out of like black liberation and all that stuff was felt really fun to learn about, but also still pretty like educational. Yeah. It was a lot of talking heads. I mean, they did mix it with these theatrical reenactments, yeah. which were fun. Yes. With but, that girl who's very hot and very queer. Yeah. And it was, my thing is that what I liked about it, it, it was people throughout queer history that I didn't learn about in class. It wasn't necessarily like the big Marsha P. Johnsons of, you know, it was a lot of like smaller people. Like she was playing somebody who I had never, never heard, heard of. of. Yeah. And I feel like we were getting, it was a deeper look. Yes. Yeah. And I did like that a mm-hmm. lot, but I still think that it was pretty dry. Not a lot of like uplifting moments. And to me, it felt like, a history class. Yeah, it was pretty like... It wasn't just like Stonewall. Like they make a right. point to be like Stonewall was a breaking point that happened after many riots right. before. Yeah. And I like that. And I do like... I think I will finish the series just mm-hmm. because I want to have more of that knowledge in my brain. Right. But it is not... And also it is sad, you know, like... It's too sad it, for, for me. For me it is hard because they're, they also do bring up this point where it's like, that's in our recent history. Yeah. Which I know it's true, but as somebody who grew up so privileged as I did, it is hard to be like, fuck. Like, it's important to know, but it is really tough to just, like, remember that people were outed and fired from their jobs. And yes. people were beaten and arrested and entrapped and, like, could not survive and were just, like, picked yeah. on mercilessly by the police. And it's like, yeah, I know, I know, I know we, we've struggled. And that's what I'm saying is we, we already know, especially as like we do this 
for our job. Yep. We we know, we already have seen so many docu series on this. We've already seen the Apple one that came out recently, mm-hmm. which was to me a little bit more entertaining because they talked about like queer people in media. I liked this one more than the Apple one. I disagree. I thought the Apple one was better. I thought this one because of well, this one got deeper, and I did like this that. one. Definitely went because I was like learning stuff I didn't know. Yeah, same. And yeah. I also felt like it was more raw and authentic, like more real yeah. than like it. They're both both really educational. Yeah. This one felt more gritty and also more like we're taking a deeper look into the intersectionality within our community because right. a lot of times when you're looking at gay history, it's like a straight-laced white man who's gay. Yeah. So this felt more encapsulating of our entire community, which I don't think we get a lot of times when we're looking at history because it's... It's white. For, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I liked that. But it is like, it is a bummer. Honestly, gay history is a fucking bummer. And that's kind of where I'm like, I don't want to be, because this came out for Pride Month. Yeah. I don't want every Pride Month for us to get another fucking docu-series on queer history. Yeah, I'm like, I want to go, I want to move past that. We have a lot of documentaries on our history. And yes, these are done way better. They're done done really well. But I want to, like, to me, this is like, a big corporation trying to get in and cash in on Pride Month. That's mm. what it felt like to me. I got, I think it was the timing of it was like, well, it's Pride, we'll better put yeah. it out. But it did feel more important than that. And I also, it was sad, but I also watched a few more episodes yeah. and I was feeling like empowered and proud where okay. I was like, our community has like such beautiful character to it mm-hmm. where we were getting a little bit more in when you keep watching, some of the straight-to-talking-head people, yeah. straight-to-camera talking heads, were starting to give their own personal... Accounts. ...type of, like, feelings about their history. Yeah. And that's where I was like, okay, if this has both, if this goes through gay liberation, and yeah. then we can start hearing the points of view from these queer people who are older, mm-hmm. now I'm like, now you have everything that I want, which is like, yeah, we can learn about our history in, like, a more layered way. And, like, I also want to, like... I don't have any old gay friends. Do you? Yeah. I have none. I have you. Other than you who are old. old, Very very old. old. But I think like that's what I like because our community is for me like I don't have. Yeah. I was like I felt like I was learning and then I felt like I was like a grandparent talking to you about their. Exactly. Yeah. But I never knew any older gay people. So there was something there that I was getting from it. And maybe if I finish the series, there's more of it. But it is pretty dry and history in general sucks ass. That's why I'm like, I'm not a huge fan of documentaries about history. And I think like if I want to learn about our history and have fun, I would turn on Pose. Like, Hell yeah. That shows a lot of, of what they're talking exactly. about. Exactly. It's totally. what they're doing, but like in a fun way. In a beautiful way. Exactly. Yeah. So like to me, it's if I was going to pick between the two, I'm going Pose. Oh, absolutely. You go pose every time. Yeah, I think historical fiction is more where I'm leaning hissy towards. Fic. Yeah, hissy fic. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of like, I would rather like get my history that way yeah. than these talking heads. I mean, this is, to me is, it's very, yes, it's important. We need it. That's amazing. And if you don't know anything about gay liberation, definitely watch this. Yes. Watch yes. this one. It's good, but it is dry. Yeah, I'd rather watch drier than Rachel's pussy, and that we all know it's so fucking dry. Do you know how much lube I have at my house? Yeah, they knew. They They were like, they knew. Here comes the. So, how many gloves would you give it? I don't know. I think I would still give it three because I thought it was well done, and I thought that they 
touched on some really cool things. And I think that I really, I liked the people that they interviewed. Yeah. I actually give it three too. I think I'm being harsher than I need to be. I think it was uh, produced very well. Yeah. There's amazing actors in it. Yeah. It really does go w- deep into our um, history, but it's just too dry for this me. Is and what I'll I think say. the reenactments are kind of corny. Reenactments are fine. I think that it's important to know about our history. Yeah. And I think that if you were only going to watch one, mm-hmm. it should be this one. That being said, I don't need any more yeah, documentaries about I'm, gay liberation. I, yeah, I'm like, we got it. But I'm, if you had to do one, if you had to do this one, is this is the one. Sure. Okay, next week we're watching Deadly Illusions. This is a lifetime style mm-hmm. Netflix original starring Charlotte from Sex in the City. And it is was recommended to us by one of our listeners. I can't remember who recommended it. If you are the one who recommended Deadly Illusions, please DM racial safety. Because I want to personally thank you for opening my eyes up to the most fun I've ever had. Yeah, she's actually been talking about it for multiple days. Now. I have, I've been, I've been teasing myself with the movie by watching it at twenty minute increments, and it is the most fun I've had in my living room in a long time. It's not true. I fuck in there a lot. Lately, I've been like having a renaissance of living room sex, living room couch sex. That's cool, man. Thanks. Hey, that's cool. I like it. I think it's cool when we have sex on the same day. It's. That couldn't be possible because I've never had sex. And there goes a seven being a seven again. Oh, shit. I love you so much. I love you. I'm Mackenzie Goodwin. I'm Rachel Scanlon. Go do something gay today. We are the greatest dykes in the world. Mackenzie Goodwin. Rachel Scanlon. Worldwide dykes for life.